Hello, and welcome to an incredibly special, if impromptu, <laughs> DMs book club, uh, a podcast where we read about some Dungeons and Dragons and discuss how we might include it in our role-playing campaigns. If we'd been more forward planning, we probably would have done something on the night of, <laughs> but... Yeah. I think it was much in... Just, just, just a week, to be fair, and then when, yeah. we did, when we both realised, oh, maybe we should actually talk about it. So we thought, oh, I should introduce, my name is Fiona, and with me as always is my co-host Hamilton, mm-hmm. and we're doing a quick, what I would call Friday lunchtime chat about D&D Direct announcement, which I genuinely thought was just going to be a lot of minis, and maybe like one or two, like, oh, here's some things coming, but not confirming anything, and I was completely wrong, so. <laughs> it felt like they had to confirm something, they've done so much of this, like, half-arsing <laughs> business that I think it was the time that they had to do something. And with the UAs that have come out in the past year that we've both looked at already, we all know. <laughs> Just tell us. Yeah, so the big sort of headlines is that Spelljammer has finally been confirmed. And I will say on the lead up to when I was I was in the YouTube chat and my God, so many people were going, Spelljammer, Spelljammer. I was like, oh guys, please don't embarrass yourselves. And of course, then they were like, Spelljammer. <laughs> As a result, so obviously. He said hashtag Spelljammer confirmed even before it. I know. So it's, it was going to happen. It was going to happen. So yes, they've officially announced a, a new sort of box set of, mm. it, and it, that's the thing. It's not just, oh, a one book campaign setting. It's actually three books in total. So like a, a player's guide or an astral adventurer's guide to the planes or that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. for DMs and uh, players, we've then got a, a bestiary. So presumably new monsters yeah. that will come out. And finally, adventure as well. So they've gone like proper, mm-hmm. like they're not doing this half hour. They're doing like everything, I think probably to get people into the Spelljammer universe. Because obviously it's something that's so dear to so many people. But as I did see mm-hmm. in the comments, some people were like, but what is Spelljammer? <laughs> You're just like, how, where have you been? <laughs> well, go to the DS Book Club and listen to our Listen to that episode. Yeah, exactly. More mm. like the old-fashioned style of doing settings. Like you used to, like the Planescape campaign box set and the Spelljammer campaign box set comes usually came with an introductory guide to that campaign setting. Then a bestiary, so a monstrosity, you know, a guide to monsters and an adventure. So it is like, what, what they used to do. Quite looking at D&D Beyond now, you can buy it. The pre-order it for thirty nine ninety nine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's a sale on just now. I will say it goes all the way. I think to the mm. May first. It's a, a spring sale. But yeah, they've actually. It's it's not bad. The only thing I'd say, our friend Jr. pointed out that all three of these books have been sort of touted at sixty four pages each. Yes. Which is not much. If you look look at the previous sort of books we've had out, they're usually in the 150, 200 sort of thing. So yeah. it is a little, I guess, worrying because I, I wonder if it's going to be if it's going to be that whole mm-hmm. sort of um, oh custom lineage thing again, and it's like a small box. <laughs> like, to be fair, it's sixty-four and sixty-four in terms of they've got like a, actually you take two, you take the adventure and the campaign setting and say, well, that's the same strict statement. It, mm-hmm. is, it is a much wider world, mm-hmm. but I don't think, I think really it's, yeah, they're not changing it. It's not as complicated as D&D mm-hmm. as it used to be for a start. And secondly, I think they just need to additionally add in ship combat, mm-hmm. which I think is probably 10 pages, uh, a good 10 pages on lore. But then mm-hmm. a lot of lore, I think, is going to be based on Forgotten Realms, mm-hmm. generally, wild mm-hmm. space. And then it's a bit about probably key things like some sh- the spell camera itself, Rock of mm. Ra, and maybe one or two other sort of like some sort of 
another bit of law on, on peoples, mm. but then maybe they'll put that in the monstrosity. So like uh, the monstrous is not called that's the monstrous camp. I keep thinking the monstrous uh, compendium, but it's mm. the um the guide to astral menagerie. They might have mm. a lot about law in that document as well. So then. It's 180 odd in total. Yeah, it's not to be sniffed at. And I think as well with the adventure, they were very keen to point out that it's like um, episodic. So whether or not each episode is like one session or several sessions, that they've broken it up deliberately in that way to have cliffhangers at the end of each one. So I'm wondering if they've deliberately made it more compact for a storyline, say if you were streaming it or if you were just running it. Because obviously there's been so many books come out. Obviously we just had Call of the Neverdeep. Uh, we've got Radiant Citadel coming out, which is an anthology. Mm-hmm. So maybe instead of having these great big epics or sandbox s type things like Curse of Strahd used to be, and maybe Descent into Avernus, that sort of thing, you can actually hone down that this is the main storyline because yeah, there was this sort of backlash about video games where they talked about like it takes 400 hours to fully complete a video game and no one has time for that so maybe they want more people to get through their products and not be overwhelmed they're like oh well you can play this in 12 sessions or stuff so i did thought that was quite interesting they were pointing out that I think that's right. And it's something that I always mistakenly say when I say, when I'm saying sessions with d I call them episodes because I, I do streaming. But I think it's because that's the way people are consuming d media and that's the way people are getting engaged into the, through into playing it that it mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. I think also a lot of people are streaming yeah. <laughs> as well. Mm-hmm. And so I think they've just, they've gone down that route because that seems to be what people are expecting from d because that's what they see. Mm. And I do streaming. We love a good cliffhanger at the end of an episode because that's what TV does, and, and it's and it makes it exciting yeah. for both players and for people watching. And I think it's interesting. I think they've shown that in all of the the, the recent ones we talked about, mm. a move towards reacting to how streaming and media are mm. of the indie. Agreed. It'll be interesting. Again, I don't know if they'll do it, but obviously they announced this other sort of actual play with a ton of celebrities in it. And I think re-watching the, the trailer for that, I do realise that I think it's Legends of the Multiverse, it's called. And it's, it does feel very, very Guardians of the Galaxy, a core five people and then a ton mm-hmm. of guest stars doing stuff. And I think the only bit I missed in it uh, a bit is it my internet cut out, but I kind of looked at it back again. And mm-hmm. um, I, I think it's, yeah, it looks interesting. I think another way to just get people interested in watching learning about Stardom great mm. cast I mean it's your usual it's your, it's your top five to ten sort of players that we all know from all the big shows sort of thing isn't it it gets people in to watch it so I wonder if yeah. they're going to play it from the book Considering stuff like uh, Black Die Society, that does a Curse of Strahd campaign, which uh, B. Dave Walters does, but he's completely changed things around. So maybe it'll be like his, some of the, the first episode, which is of the book, and then change it around and stuff like that. The actual character art was beautiful. I finally understand what, yeah, plas- what plasmoids look like, and I'm like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> Um, and the Hadozi, um, again, they yeah, look now they they look really good actually. Mm-hmm. These the flying monkeys, s which again I couldn't really picture mm-hmm. when we talked about it previously, but now I'm like, oh, and of course I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of autonomes because they look amazing. Gonna play those at yeah. ASAP. <laughs> the only thing I would say is, and I don't know if they will change it if these are the finalized books, but I think it is. Mm. I was hoping, and maybe this will come in the old covers, mm-hmm. but I was hoping for you know a difference in uh, visuals on the covers. Do you know what I mean? But maybe that's what will come in the, in the old covers because I yeah. have 80s little gamma drawing and and, uh, and just really jumping into into it in its own way. 
unfortunately for that, I think they've got the Hydra 76 person doing the, um, do you know, because there's that sort of the teaser image of Boo and all that sort of thing. And, and of course, there's a picture of a, a GIF or a GIF on one of them as well. And they look great, but I agree. After having been, I think, spoiled by the Radiant Citadel's alt cover and, and mm. the Fizz Bands as well, which is a good one. And yeah. just so... I don't know. Maybe they were just like, we'll keep it safe and simple and don't rock the boat, so to say, rock the, rock the spell jammer, so to speak. There's talk about, again, just briefly, so there's stuff like space clowns, which instantly makes me go, but it makes sense. And vampirates, uh, vampire pirates, murder comets. And so you're just like, okay, we're going, we're going where we've not been before. We're going buck wild. And that's, that's exciting, actually. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to see what that comes out. And hopefully, fingers crossed, we can finally be like, put this whole spell jammer to bed and just be like, hey, you've got it now. Let's move on. On to then the other big announcement. Then at the end of the the uh, direct stream, sort of left as that just one more thing, very Columbo style, was the announcement that Dragonlance, an adventure in Dragonlance, is coming out next year, along with a mini war game as well. Which again, you mm-hmm. rightly predicted <laughs> that we were going to have skirmishes. <laughs> yeah, another big thing was that there were minis everywhere. There was minis which you could put into other minis for the certainly for the Planescape ones, which was very. Yes. It looked really cool, I will say. But yeah, the Dragonlance one was really interesting. And yes, the it's an adventure, not a setting though, which makes me think there will be another. They've talked about they're going to be re-releases of other settings. Spelljammer made sense. Dragomance, I wonder if it's going to be a similar thing to Strixhaven, where we're going to have part setting, part adventure. I think that's probably right. I think it's just, that's what it seems like. As we've said before in our Dragonlance thing, we don't know too much about the actual setting. But no. I think the definitely the battle game, and as I said, they've got to scale miniatures for the Spelljammer, actual Spelljammers, mm-hmm. the, the flying ship. So just jumping on that game's workshop. Bandwagon, yeah. it yeah, absolutely makes a lot of sense. So, yes, yeah, so that's Dragonlance Shadow of the Dragon Queen, which is the adventure book, mm-hmm. and then Dragonlance Warriors of Kryn, which is a war game experience. I know. So, and so, yeah. So, yeah, the voice actor who's in the expanse is one of the coolest people in the world. So, yeah, that was very exciting. Yeah, she was great. Yeah, if you haven't seen the teaser trailer for it, I, I recommend going because it's so beautifully narrated by her. It's amazing. The other sort of quick announcement I just wanted to talk about briefly was the new starter set that's come out. So they're re-releasing it, which I was quite not shocked at, but a little surprised because the last one came out in 2019. It's about three years ago. But again, it's just the same starter set, but with a new adventure or, or two. Maybe it's going to be the same. It's called Dragons of Stormwreck Isle is the adventure. Zoom in on the picture. <laughs> enhance, enhance. So it says this box contains essential rooms, plus everything you need to play heroic characters caught up in an ancient war amongst dragons as they explore the secrets of Stormwreck Isle. And I wondered if, like, compared to the last starter set, which had, uh, I'm just trying to find them all now. So obviously, it was a dragon of Icewind Peak was sort of the main adventure, yeah. but then you had three mm-hmm. other adventures that you could unlock online to mm-hmm. carry on this thing. So I wonder if it's going to be the same thing that Stormwreck Isle is like the location of it, but yeah. you have like the first adventure, that dragon one, and then unlock the other ones online on mm-hmm. D&D Beyond. And that leads us on neatly, I guess, then to the other things that do with D&D Beyond now that Wizards own them, which is another announcement that came out recently before this, that they did bring a monstrous compendium up there for these spell jammer creatures that... Mm feels like there's going to be more of these and there was access to a prequel adventure for Spelljammer if you sign up for your account so I think that that just shows 
this sort of idea that maybe what you're saying about maybe that in the DD future, thinking about more ways to engage with play. And so mm. online only content sounds like a way they're probably going. Mm, also, yes. maybe UA comes back to DD beyond. <laughs> Fingers crossed, because that'd be great to play. This compendium stuff, they sort of announced it sort of like, I, again, the announcement itself was a little bit, I wasn't entirely sure what it was. Is it is it new monsters? Is it all classic ones that you have access to? But it's anyone that has a D&D Beyond account or a Wizards account. I think, again, yeah, yeah like you said, they're sort of uh, integrating those. And it was like, it's available right now. And I was like, oh, I'll go check it out then. And yeah, it's just having a quick look at them. She says, looking for the many, <laughs> many topics we've got. One, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten new sort of monsters yeah. and the volume one monsters, companion volume one, spell jammer creatures. And these are all creatures that you would find in the wilds of space. Lots of different CR ratings. And all of them, I think for the first time ever I've ever seen this, all of them have an image that goes with the, the stat block. Yes. Which I really love, actually. We've said it before, we're massive fans of the art, but not every stat block has an image of it. I, w- I just wanted to point out the sort of the first one is the asteroid spider, which is mm. a gargantuan monstrosity. And you think, oh, it's, a, it's an asteroid spider. And there's a picture of this creature grappling a spell jammer. Yeah. Oh, this is yeah. quite big. <laughs> it's quite big. It's horrible. So yeah, I, really fun. again, with these monsters as well, you want to fight creatures in this wild space which aren't going to be a proper TPK. So like an astral dreadnought or any of those things. Uh, this is only a challenge rating fifteen, yeah. so you could possibly win, could, but um, more chance than a, an astral dreadnought, which is like in the twenties or something. I seem to remember. Yeah, and it's got a fun thing that smears the shit with a magical web, which is kind of like something that you would. It's just like a little thing that you would be floating around with them, whichever, and then you're like. What's, what's, oh crap <laughs> we're stuck yeah, the, the, yeah the, the idea of space you're going for an asteroid field and like why are we going so slowly and what are these things yeah because it's, yeah. it's kind of interesting because obviously space there's no air so it feels like yeah there would be dust I guess or just I don't know mm-hmm. I, don't, I, don't, didn't, I didn't do science at school so I don't know <laughs> was there a monster that was like a standout for you at all from this monstrous compendium as much as I love the art for the robot for these the clockwork horror <laughs> yes <laughs> it's like definitely my Robot Wars dream. It is so much like Robot um, Wars, yes. It's got blades for hands and stuff like that. But the Eldritch Lich yes. has definitely got to be it because it's like, it just takes the Eldritchness and adds it to a Lich and it's got such cool artwork. I like it. It's really it's, cool. It is very cool. It feels very much like we're in Alien now. You've got you've got yeah. the you know these the, you've got the xenomorph. You've got this thing. It's taken over. It's pretty. Looks pretty nasty. And yeah, that's, a, that's also a challenge rating fifteen. So it's not as strong as say uh, your regular lich as if you're going to come up with it. But again, that sort of space and that idea of far realm. And then it's got a little table about the great old ones as well, which is always quite fun. The other one I quickly wanted to mention was the, the fractine, which is a two dimensional creature that flies throughout wild space in the astral sea folding and refolding like a piece of origami and i think that's amazing i feel like it's crazy and wild and that's the idea of space is that it's not things that you can comprehend it's just something that you can't comprehend so this idea that you would again we talked about this before about this idea of i can't visually see it and even the image of it i'm like i still don't know how that works i just thought it was such a cool monster that i'd not seen before so i'm very excited to encounter that in my games or run it in my games yeah. It's a really, it's just bringing a new concept to it, which I think is kind of more like what the whole Spelljammers and Planescapes did, which is just bringing completely new concepts and making them into monsters is a really interesting way of mm-hmm. doing it. Other than that, I think there was some 
there was some that are just kind of not generic, but they are just monstrous in, you know, and, and stuff. I think the puppeteer of Parasite you mentioned has been very alien as well. Oh, yeah, it's too many teeth. It's like a sponge with too many teeth. <laughs> but also the fact that it matches onto you and controls you is very much like the alien parasite sort of mm-hmm. thing. I love the star lance of the art because it's like a shark thing the space with this really cool sort of uh, character uh, resting yeah. in the back of it yeah it's very yeah like a pterodactyl almost in a way but with a shark mm. but, and it's got an invisibility cloak up to three times a day so again the idea of a cloaking device mm. getting your star trek in there as well but then you go all the way to some stuff like the uh, i'm going to say this wrong i know but the yitrati it's like splinters off the uh, yigrasil this world tree and it's like just basically a dead tree in space and you're like oh no thank you or the goon balloon which I think looks like um, if Kirby or yeah. a Cubert is, um, it goes into Hellraiser, that sort of territory. Because yeah. the skin looks very sort of fleshy, and I'm like, no. <laughs> I don't know if I do want to see it, but I like the, I like the idea of a Kirby goes to hell. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, that'd be amazing. I'm always a bit worried when it says in the sat block, like, you know, certain words that make you think of stuff. So it, mm-hmm. like one of its actions is burst. You're like, hmm, <laughs> I don't want it to burst. <laughs> I think the other thing to I'm disappointing ones. Let's go to the disappointing ones, which okay. was the films and computer games. Because <sighs> we haven't really done anything new and it's coming out next year. I don't know if that was I, I, I don't know if that information was out yet. I will admit, as soon as I realized oh they're doing a bit, I did kind of <laughs> go one way and make a cup of tea. Because it's that sort of thing where you like, okay. oh, I know, and I know it's their thing, and I get it, but I just find it so cringy. As someone who creates content, who who helps people in my actual job to be like, be personal, be stuff, and I was like, oh, this is just, oh, and I'm just like, just just be cool, just be cool, which is very hard to tell people about. Yeah, yeah. And then never winter. People are still playing it, and so you know, again, I yeah. know the whole point of this. It's interesting. This whole showcase, the D&D Direct showcase, felt very much like um, E3 or like the, when they Capcom when they do a whole showcase. Like, here's the main game, but here's all the yeah. spin-offs and stuff like that. So I know we can always enjoy D&D in other ways. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I couldn't give a t- toss about the video games. I've got plenty of other video games that I like. The film, in case you've been living under a rock, there is a D&D film coming out, which I'm definitely not looking forward to. I think it's going to be dreadful. Unless they're recording Chris Pine at a table rolling D20s, I'm not interested. Yeah, do you think that's true? I mean, that's kind of interesting. I'm not, I'm not quite... I don't have that same... I just kind of... I just think it, I'm happy with it just being, as they said, it's set in the Forgotten Realms, it's set on the Sword Coast, which I thought was interesting, it has a name which is Dungeon and Dragons Honor Among Thieves, which means it's just playing the better class in D&D, which is rogue. I did wonder if it's going to be a whole group of rogues. They just listened in to one of our conversations, like we're all Yeah, rogues. they did. They, they changed the story. Oh, get rid of the bards. I'm actually more interested in seeing Waterdeep come to life than I am seeing well, Neverwinter or Luskin or any of those places or Baldur's Gate. Mm-hmm. Then I am seeing like here's a bunch of people playing D and D. There's their fantasy world they fade up in my mind personally, but I know that's not because I think we get that from streamed content and other content mm-hmm. and critical roles animated series, which I'm so excited. I loved and seeing that sort of world. Mm-hmm. That I think Dungeons and Dragons should stick personally. No, I don't know if this is weird, but to to showing off their content. Mm-hmm. And then if someone else can do a box machina, then it's totally cool to do that. Yeah. It's tricky because obviously 
it's them such a big foray. And I know they're trying to expand to get more people in and all that sort of thing. Mm. But I just feel like, I feel it's very hard to make an adaptation of something when you've already done an amazing job of it. So for example, Terry Pratchett, I think his works, and I say to someone who's come to it recently, so reading his books, they have a certain voice, they have a certain world. The world of Ankh Morkpour is beautiful yeah. and it's and it's beautifully described and it's, and it's and it's stuff that you can play in, you can make role-playing games of it and it can be your thing. As soon as someone tries to adapt it, it's their version of it. I don't have a problem with The Watch, the BBC adaptation per se. I think it's interesting and like it looks great. But for me... It's not Terry Pratchett. And that's what lots of people say is that it's not the thing. And I think that's the problem is that we'll get to the film, we'll watch it and go, well, that was a decent action fantasy film. It's not D&D though. I think it's really hard mm. to create a good adaptation of something. And I think it's the same with films. You wouldn't watch a Curse of Strahd TV show. Oh, but... <sighs> would you not? I, I would love it. I think Curse of Strahd is so amazing, but also can be quite silly. I wanted to be a comedy actor, like the person who plays Nando and what we do with the shadows. But then it has to have random episodes where people do something completely off book. And I think you'd have to make those nods. I agree, it would be one person's take from Curse of Strahd, or some people who play it. But I think it would be, uh, I feel that's the one that you could be like, everyone loves that. They made it, one of the ones they're putting in all the other languages. Yes. Really positive thing. I think, I don't know. That's where I'm at. It's yeah. The announcement of new localization. So the books are going to be in mm. French, German, and Spanish, I think. That's amazing. Mm. As, yeah. So it's, it's, and, and it's also recent books as well. So that means, you know, mm. they're updated rules and, and, and obviously the journey, I was going to say Journey to the Sun, the Citadel. That is an old campaign. <laughs> That's an old adventure. Yeah. Um, the Radiant Citadel, which will be great. Yeah. And they showed, and of course, uh, in the D&D Direct, they showed a little bit of more of the art for the Radiant Citadel and talked about this idea. There's 13 adventures, uh, levels 1 to 14, which you can play in any order as part of your normal campaign. But there's this idea of these portals where you can just, you can create your own stuff. So I like that idea that they deliberately made it. It's like, here's our world that we've created, but you've got space to create your own and I'm hoping more content becomes like that I know there's all, this whole thing about like your Waterdeep is canon just like someone else's Waterdeep is canon I just felt like the way they've obviously it makes sense because the Radiant Citadel is obviously it, it's Planescape it is that sort of you know all these worlds converging and stuff yeah it was beautiful as always and really interesting I think my big disappointment of the stream is that they announced, not only did it, so they announced the minis, obviously all these cool minis that can put in together. And then they're like, also here are these two briefcases of boringness. <laughs> so I like, forgot about it. Yes, it, well, exactly. You forgot about it because it's not interesting. So the idea is that they have two cases for DMs. So one was the terrain with this interlocking jigsaw type pattern, which I think is really clever actually. And you could have stickers to put things on, uh, which are reusable. And then you have the same, but with tokens for monsters with reusable stickers. Mm. I think this would have been great about five years ago. Because now we're obviously we're online, we're doing, you know, we're having VTTs and all that sort of thing. And, and also I've definitely seen that interlocking tile thing done by another Kickstarter like three or four years ago. You've combined new parts and all that sort of thing. So it's just something I just think they're just a little bit behind with the times. So, and- Go buy a copy of Bloomhaven and use all this. <laughs> I did like the idea it comes in two briefcases. So I can imagine you, you rock up with all your books and stuff and then you're like, open it. <laughs> yeah. I still think we're moving back into a world of reality again. Mm. And so I think it probably is the right time if they've been, maybe they've been holding on to it for a while. Yeah. I, 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 I kind of like it. I think it's, if I was going to start doing a home game, depends how much it is, but if that's 20 quid each, 40 yeah. quid for the pair, I'd probably pay it. 
I probably try and use it at least the token ones because it's like, mm. oh, that's just something dealt with. Do you know what I mean? There's just like all yeah. my monsters printed out and I'm done. Yeah. Even though I do like this, I think it would have been better if they did standing minis. Um, as in you just did the little, uh, the little two little mm. standing clips and yeah. had I agree I, I quite like this yeah the 2D standing minis I think they're missing out on a trick because then you can actually see it because no one's looking at a top view anymore they're sort of on the side and stuff so yeah. I have some uh, interesting rumours I think you'll find Hamilton. I know <laughs> exciting as we sort of wrap this up so you know how I talked about saying oh, where's the a virtual tabletop system. There's talk about Roll20 and all that sort of thing, and nothing really happened in the stream about that. Fair enough. There are job postings for Wizards of the Coast looking for developers for virtual tabletop stuff, and it's in plain view, but they're looking for people with certain gaming experience, so it makes it sound like they're looking for a way to create 3D virtual tabletop aka a bit like Tailspire, which could be very, very cool, I think, because obviously Tailspire is such a, you know, it's used on quite a lot of the streams we know, and it mm. I, it looks pretty cool. Like, you know, the, the, the way it is. Work, it is a lot of work to make up. Um, the other thing was uh, possibly his talks about having DMs Guild content also on a similar you know, if, if Hasbro or Wizards buy them mm. as well, so you could be able to port content into such a thing as well. So, and if you can imagine, again, possibly very long off, but the idea that you buy something on DMs Guild, which has tokens and maps and all that sort of thing, and then you could just instantly port into something like this, that would be amazing. Foundry links, I know. I've seen a lot of Foundry BTT links mm. with DMs Guild, and you can buy them on there. But yeah, that would be great. I think. The only one that I think would probably make more sense if they were going to make it so people would make their own, but if they make 3D versions of all, like Tailspire, quality of all their main campaigns, my gosh, yes, totally mm-hmm. would enjoy that. I think the other one is, um, have you seen Dungeon Alchemist? Mm. Have you seen that? Uh, you draw a square, mm. and it, you draw a square in 2D, and it builds a room for you. And so you build, you take your map, you draw out all the rooms and just say that's a bedroom, that's the thing. And it just automatically places what you need, which is like Tailspire, but with mm. half the time, with a third of the time input, mm. if you know what I mean. So it was something like that as well. That'd be great. Yeah. yeah. The final thing uh, was that people were talking about like, with D&D products in general, you're looking at all the stuff that's come out. A lot of it is aimed primarily at DMs running adventures rather than, you know, you can buy your player options and stuff like that. And they were like, well, it's really difficult, like, because there's not many DMs around. But actually, looking at the sales and stuff of people buying stuff, I think there has been like a big increase in people who are running games and trying it for the first time. It's just finding their niche and going, oh, I want to try that. So whether that's through stuff like one-off ones like Planescape, having the box set like that, or having something like Radiant Citadel where you can do individual things. I'm thinking that's really cool. If more and more people are getting into it, not just as players, but as DMs, that's actually really exciting that people want to actually learn how to run a game and into storytelling and just having a good time it's like you know it's i think it's a similar sort of renaissance that like board games are having that people would buy a board game be that instructor and then encourage other people to bring board games and have board game nights and stuff like that so there you go all exciting stuff the future then yes So, Hamilton, with a brief sort of, that was our yes. 30 minutes of going through 30 minutes of content. Um, Hamilton, yeah. what are you up to? Anything happening? Oh, yeah, what, oh, you've got to do gosh. your plugs at the end of this. That's the point. I know. I know. It's not just us chatting. We are sort of moving into 
final art of our Shattered Realms show. We're in the Feywild on Monday, and we'll be in the Feywild week on Monday, but in a world that you might be recognisable from our... Um, when we did our Make the Domain of Delight. Yeah. And we used that setting for it. So if you like that show and want to see how that maybe presents itself as a, a world people can interact with, you can, you can listen slash watch along to that. That's on Monday nights at 9pm uh, UK time, 4pm Eastern, and podcasts a week later, basically. <laughs> there. And what about yourself, Fiona? Look at that. What, where, how, when? Well, how and when or who? My name is Fiona. <laughs> when? When? Right now? I'm talking to you right now. Uh, what? Um, it's a podcast. Where? There you go. Where? I knew there was an order I did them in, but I can't remember. So where is What Am I Rolling? Which is a twice monthly RPG one-shot podcast. As always, it's going very, very well. We've had two interviews out recently. We've had one with the Merkborg designers and we've had one recently with the Death in Space designers. Long Haul is coming out. I do promise that. I also did another fun recording with uh, my, I guess, friends. I guess that's what the word is now, friends at the now defunct most podcast, uh, Rooster Teeth. We have did that uh, with my friend Sarah and we did You Awaken in a Strange Place uh, where it was all completely improvised and it was the most <laughs> terrifying half an hour of my life trying to come up with an adventure, but everyone seemed to enjoy it. So that will be out soon as well. Other than that, hey, got an offer code. <laughs> you got... Oh, that will be at Third Space Gaming in Burnley, your friendly local game store, Burnley, UK. I realise I need to keep saying that because I'm sure there's other Burnleys around the world. So you should type into the uh, checkout at DMBC. You get 10% off your first order and it can be on probably any, if you want D&D pre-orders, any other RPGs, terrain, maybe these new skirmish mini stuff will be out soon. I don't know. You could always get 10% off there. So yeah, check those out. And I think that's everything. I don't, I can't remember what we plug anymore anymore. <laughs> I think that's it, isn't it? I think that's everything. I think, well, how professional are we going? I think that's everything. Yeah. <laughs> and what we'll do is, why don't we just move on then to our new favourite saying? It's just our favourite saying. I think the newness has worn off since I've said it, but <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this slightly uh, rambled, impromptu ch- lunchtime chat, and we will see you on, on the, the flip side. side. <laughs> <laughs>